Episode 52 of Bat and Spider. Happy one-year anniversary officially. This week we talk about the movie Arcade from 1993, directed by Albert Pune. The final act and special effects are an absolute sight. Am I tracking down the VHs? The VHS for this right now? Slim's Letterbox Review, friend of the show and technical advisor Slim. Slim's reaction to that to this to this week's movie. Um I was very surprised. Some of the best surprised. Some of the best. Um everybody hates this movie, Chuck. Everybody everybody that we in our circle It's funny. I disgusted I, by this movie. As the reviews rolled in, I was like, Oh boy, I picked a real real dog this week. Yeah. Um but when I when I put it on for myself, that story changed. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We're going to get into it at the bottom of the hour. Um, before that, you know, we just catch up uh, on life. Yeah. Uh, like we always do, Dale. I got some mail. I ordered some, I think the first time I ordered movies for Mondo Macabre. <gasps> oh. I ordered Lady Terminator, which friend of the show, Anna Ghoul, reviewed in her letterbox, uh, I think a week or so ago. I gave it gave this Lady Terminator movie five stars, I believe. And I Oh, like, my God. I have to see this movie. It, it sounds right up my alley. And I also got Alicarda, uh-huh. which I've had on my watch list for a while. It is a, it's like a Mexican Satanist. Um, my word. Uh, I think there's vampires involved. There's like, yeah, there's definitely a, a, a demon with goat horns on. Uh, yeah. This is supposed to be like pretty intense. Uh, here, listen to this quote. This will sell you on a deal. This uh, quote on the cover from the Psychotronic Video Guide. More blood, loud screaming, and nudity than any horror film I can think of. So Jesus. And that's um, <laughs> that's saying something. It's got to be saying yeah. something. 1975. Wow. Yeah, I love a good mail day. Beautiful. Yeah. I also got mail that was delivered today, but I haven't opened it. I, I am trying i ordered a couple pairs of vans i'm gonna try them on oh nice chuck nice awesome we'll see what, what kind of style went uh what is it old school old school nice. van yeah nice. i um low very, tops or high tops? low tops yeah low, low tops, tops. Nice. Uh, a couple years ago i tried the mid skate mid skate mm-hmm. high or something and they were yeah. they did not fit my foot but you know i have a very low self-esteem and a poor imagery of myself so you know <laughs> you picture old big dale in his cargo shorts and what does he wear on his feet everybody nobody i don't even know i find a <laughs> pair of shoes that that fit my disgustingly small but wide feet and i put them on with with the the only pair of shorts that fit me that hang down to mid calf uh-huh. mid uh-huh. mid shin uh-huh. because it's the only pair that fit <laughs> And a shirt that just drapes over and just drapes, <laughs> hangs over me. So I, I, I got to try, you know, I'm just trying something. I'm just trying yeah. to survive. And then, yeah. you know, what do I do with these low tops? What kind of socks do I wear? Do I wear socks up to my mid shin? Do I wear no shows? I mean, That's the a- things that would be in my Google history would <laughs> confound. <laughs> I did last year. I bought uh, a bunch of super high tube socks dale with the stripes like like it's 1981 and we're playing little league soccer you know yeah right um 
I bought some of those. Those are pretty, they're kind of nice to have. I'll tell you what. Yeah? It's a strange feeling, pulling those suckers as high as they go and just living them with it. It's great. I'm sure anybody else in this world can pull it off. (laughs) You can pull it off. No. Yeah, you can. We'll see. Well, I'm excited. I I too suffer from wide feet. Do you? Dale, it sucks. It sucks. Even after you learn about the wide sizing, nobody makes them. Nobody makes wide shoes. No, 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 they don't. Why do you think every dad, Corvette dad, wears New Balances? New Balance is the only brand kind Mm -hmm. to the wider-feeted person. Totally. Yeah. I wore those for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a nightmare. I I mean, I refuse (sighs) to believe, Chuck, that those beautiful Onitsukas that you wear come in wide. No. Well, my life changed when I started... I went up a size like I always thought I was one size like my whole oh, life and I would yeah. just bust out of the sides constantly Oh God! and so one one time I think I accidentally tried on a pair like a size bigger and I was like wait a second like there's a lot more room in the toe because yeah my because, feet are wide you know the, you know but they're much more they've my life has been better <laughs> but, but the top right the top of the foot yeah is where yeah, the problems yeah. come yeah it's always tight around the top of the foot. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it is. Welcome to Shoe Talk. Yeah, thanks uh, for this is NPR. Yeah, our uh, patron say Ed Bundy. Wait, is that his name? <laughs> yeah, patron saint Chuck. Patron. How many people are going to be knocking on our doors <laughs> because we worship Ed Bundy? Not just the feet people. Uh, Everybody. No. That wants in on the mass murder serial killer. <laughs> Al Bundy. Wait, wait, wait. What's his name? What in uh, Married with Children? Yeah, that's Al Bundy. Al shoe salesman. God damn it! It's Al. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I got in the mail. But you know, it was such a long segment, and yet I can't even tell you how they fit because I haven't tried them on yet. So dumb, well, dumb old Dale. I can't wait for you to carve out some time and uh, try those suckers on. Thanks, Walk Chuck. around the kitchen, you know. Yeah, right. See how it goes. Vulcanized souls. Mm, love that mm. word, vulcanized. Yeah, it means something. I will let you know my progress, Chuck, and I also can't wait to completely forget about the segment come next recording, and <laughs> this will never be <laughs> oh, mentioned yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Never. Never again. Uh, did you watch any movies lately? I can tell you, Chuck, that I did watch a movie, movie that's always been in... Like, you know, I'm walking through the video store, I'm working at West Coast Video, walking mm. through the horror section, I glance over at the movie cover for Prophecy from Ooh. 1979. And Christopher Walken? Not The Prophecy. Oh, it's a different one. This is Prophecy without the. Okay. With okay. Talia Shire, is in it? <gasps> An angel from heaven. Yeah. She is a stunner. Love Talia. This is a, a horror movie of the, you know, uh, ecological nature. Um, mm. Talia and her husband get asked to go check out this community in Maine where there's fears of uh, people not being treated right medically. There's a lot like widespread issue and there's a, a problem between a paper mill in the middle of a forest in Maine and the local uh, Native American population who doesn't want to see their forest cut down 
to shred and pulp for, you know, the paper industry. Turns out that, you know, it's not spoilers because it's what the whole movie's about, but paper mill is basically poisoning the waters with not just like dumping stuff into the water, but like legit dropping mercury into the water, which is heavier than water. So when they test the water, they can't, they don't sense the mercury. So, but it's just like, it's, it's mutating everything and it's killing the local population and they get to the bottom of it. But it also involves like this huge mutated bear that's like nine and a half, 10 feet tall with abhorrent strength, like awful strength. And, you know, it's, it's just killing everything in its path. And a couple that with this, with this very like human story where Talia is, she finds out she's pregnant at the beginning of the movie. She's terrified to tell her husband because her husband's very uninterested in um, pregnancy. He doesn't really want to <laughs> think about a kid right now. He doesn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. He's he's living his life. And, you know, this cool dichotomy happens where they act, they before they know about this mercury, they ingest some fish, local fish. And... Like, the whole movie is about how this mercury is just hurting people, even with the first dose of mercury poisoning. It could really affect fetuses and stuff like that. So, it really gets into, you know, this woman is afraid to tell her husband that she's pregnant, but she's also ingested mercury. And by the end, you know, they find this mutated, like, bear cub. (laughs) And it's very, like, it's, like, rubberized, but it's, it's got this cool... Um, I don't know what the word is, analogy or comparison where the husband is going through all these lengths and leaps and bounds to try to keep this bear cub alive so everybody can see um, everybody can see what the mercury is doing to the water. Yeah. So he's trying to keep this baby alive that's not his. But, you know, the whole topic of abortion has been has come up in the in the movie from the very, very beginning. And for him to be, you know, to see this not you know this this mutated bear cub mm-hmm. uh and and the and the things he's going through to save this and mm-hmm. yet you know he's still um like almost pushing his wife for abortion and stuff like that and it's just not as cut and dry as that you know in the yeah. in the story so it's interesting especially wow. compared to the fact that it's just about this big mutated bear that's killing people <laughs> um, yeah but all that Stuff. I mean, it sounds like a movie written yesterday. I mean, because it, unfortunately, yeah. corporations are still doing that in America today. Like it's it, it's uncanny. You know. What? Yeah. It's uncanny. That's that's amazing. I gotta watch this movie yeah. like immediately. That sounds great. I finally dug into my my Shinya Sukamoto box set that um that I bought after we did episode two of this show uh, for Tetsuo the Iron Man. I was enamored with that movie. Yeah. Um, so I bought this box set um, that has like eight or nine of his movies in it. It's amazing. Um, but I hadn't really touched it since I got it, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched two movies from that this week, Tetsuo 2 Body Hammer, um, which was amazing. I mean, it was, it's not as um, intense as the first Tetsuo. It's, you know, he's got more money. It's in color this time. Um, and it's sort of like, like it's unrelated to the first movie. It's sort of like an Evil Dead two situation where it's sort of, oh, sort of like doing it again with a slightly different story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, but I still loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, is it still about a metal fetishist and all that? Yeah, but there's there's more. It's more clear cut. Like it's a more conventional plot of what's happening. Like there's uh, you know there's a bad guy who's turning. They're like kidnapping people off the street and then injecting them with the metal oh, virus or whatever. That's very different. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It sounds more plot heavy than it actually is, but it, it's. I, I guess compared to the first Tetsuo, it's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much more plot heavy. Um, yeah, that was great. But I also watched. I think maybe his most recent movie called Killing, um, which blew me away. It's a. Uh, it came out in 2018. It's a samurai movie. Um, and it, again, like everything I hear about Shinya, like, it sounds like he can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like a quiet, sparse movie with, you know, a very small cast out in the woods, you know, samurai times. I'm not sure exactly what year this was set, but, um, and it's just about a young samurai living with these farmers and, um, he's sort of, he's like training and like preparing to like go off and do real samurai stuff when an older samurai comes through town who's like very impressive he's like like they they watch through the woods as he he has a duel with another samurai yeah and just like kicks this guy's butt and they're just like oh my god um and he's like hey i'm going to i'm going to the big city where you know we're being called up we, we've got a job to do by the um forget all the right terminology for this <laughs> the shogun or whoever uh and you know, come with me. And wow. he's like, okay, like, all right, I've got, you know, I finally have a purpose. Like I'm going to go They're They're all of the samurais in this are masterless. So they're like, they're sort of like out there floating, you know, without yeah. a purpose, but all of a sudden they have a purpose, but it's crazy. Cause you think like, oh, okay. The rest of this movie is going to be an adventure, but it's all about how they never make it out of the village because <laughs> bad stuff just keeps happening. These bandits come in, uh, they start, you know, at first you think, oh, they're going to start fucking up these farmers for no reason, stealing their shit, but they don't. They're like, we don't, we don't mess with people who are nice, who aren't corrupt. You know, that's fine. Wow. But they beat up on a kid eventually. Yeah. And it just triggers, it just starts killing. And then it's like a meditation on this young samurai. You kind of come to find out that he's probably never killed anyone yet. Um, But that's his like, that's, at his training and life purpose as a samurai that's what he does and Mm -hmm. it's sort of this like meditation on this older samurai trying to push him you know you have to do this like you you know like they're not being as uh (laughs) like they're not saying it out loud like i am like it's (laughs) it's much more subtle but it's sort of about him like kind of figuring out like wait is this am i gonna do this and it 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 all comes to a head in this amazing scene wow i will not ruin but yeah i was man i couldn't believe this movie and it's shot on video like it's clearly shot on video and at first i was like oh this looks kind of cheap but but i loved it because it was a historical movie and once you sort of your eyes adjust to the i don't know if it was like the frame rate or whatever that just that video look i was like oh mate you know this feels like i took a time machine back here to like Mm. this old this village in japan and i'm just and i brought a camera like it just felt like a was there wow. even though it didn't have that filmic quality yeah um it had this yeah i don't know i don't know how to explain it but it, wow I t- it totally disappeared oh and the fucking director he played like the main old samurai and i was like this guy can act too I couldn't believe yeah. it <laughs> wow 
yeah, I highly recommend that. I don't know if it's available. Oh no, you can you can rent it uh, online. Okay, I thought it was only in that box set, but it looks mm-hmm. like you can rent it. Um, and that but box yeah, it's set called was just, Killing. That box set was just on like Super Sale at the whatever that website was. Yeah, a lot of our listeners are bu- picking it up. Um, yeah, at the Arrow Easter Massacre Sale or whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kept popping up in my mind. I was like, I got to dig into that. I got to start watching Man. these. <laughs> Go to on you, Chuck. It's so hard to. Uh, it's so hard to actually watch the stuff you buy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's easier to just fire up Tubi a lot of the times. Oh, bless Tubi. So, so we'll be blessing you. Tubi for tonight's feature presentation, Dale. Oh, yes, we will. Available on God. Tubi. Woo. Should we get into it? Speaking of, yeah, let's get into 1993's Arcade, directed by Albert Pune, who, man, all crossroads just lead through that guy. Love Albert Pune. Yeah. I don't and, think uh, he's let me down yet. I'm scared. I mean, I'm scared to say a line like that, but I just, mm-hmm. everything I've seen by him, I've fallen in love with in some way, some shape or form. Our main star, Alex Manning, is a troubled teen. Her mom just committed suicide. Her dad's depressed and living on the couch. People are worried about her, but she's got her, her group of friends. Um, but things get a little wild when her and her friends get, get, win, get wind of a, a new game called arcade that's being set up at the local arcade dante's inferno <laughs> i hate that they named it arcade like <laughs> i know it's like pick a name for this game don't call it arcade um but it's like this uh super cool vr machine um, and uh her boyfriend gets in to try it he disappears dale disappears into the game yeah and what we have for the rest of the movie is um, her sort of uh, figuring out this mystery of this game as her friends slowly disappear <laughs> into the game using their arcade home versions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it comes down to Alex uh, being the hero and going into the game to fight the evil arcade himself. Um, yeah, that's Arcade, 1993, Dale. Uh, written by David Goyer. We covered that last week, you know. He's he was like the uh, still is like one of the go to superhero movie writers like forever, um, and I guess this was probably right before he blew up because he would go on to write the um, Blade movies, which what, what did, when did that come out like ninety five or something? Probably the first Blade. It's like ninety eight. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, and our cast: uh, Megan Ward, Peter Billingsley, kid from uh, uh, Christmas Story, um, Seth Green. Seth Green. Everybody knows who Seth Green is. Is that Q from Star Trek? The, uh, yeah. The guy who works <laughs> yeah. at Vertigo Tronics. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> AJ Langer from uh, My So Called Life. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, oh, music by uh, Alan Howarth. Who I was surprised. I was like, man, the, like the main themes in this are great, but he, cause he did, um, he worked wow. with Car- John Carpenter a lot. Yeah, he um, did. On like all his big scores back in the day. He was like, uh, I don't know how that relationship worked, but he, I definitely yeah. like listening to the score. I was like, oh, this is like, it definitely sounds Carpenter-esque. Wow. Very synthy. Man, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, Dale, right off the bat, like this, it's almost my dream movie. It's the movie 
like for years I wanted to watch Brain Scan. Like, and I built it up in my head as like this perfect movie <laughs> that like, I remember watching the trailer as a kid and I was like, God, it sounds so cool. Like a, an early nineties story of a kid getting lost in a video game. Mm-hmm. And I finally watched that movie last year and it, it was disappointing. But this one kind of lived up to that, that hype I had in my head. I was all in this. Like as soon as we see, I mean, it starts pretty intense we, we meet alex and we see her memories of her mother f- discovering her mother uh in the living room having just shot herself and like the blood stained on the wall <laughs> yes yeah. it's pretty intense and she's saying how she doesn't believe in heaven anymore like this like amazing like dread like just moody teen monologue and i was just like yes and all the and there's all this like sort of like kind of 90s gothy music that wasn't famous <laughs> like i think they hired one what's his name uh what's this guy tony ripperetti to like compose all these like sort of like fake pop songs but but they worked i loved all the songs because yeah. i was like oh i know exactly who he's ripping off you know to sort of like <laughs> you know they made their own fake like soundtrack you know moody like the crow mm-hmm. soundtrack or whatever you know yeah because they, they didn't have the money to do it, so they just hired this one guy. <laughs> to yeah, write a bunch of songs. <laughs> and he, re- I mean, he nailed it. He really nailed the oh, yeah. uh, like the emo-y kind of kids. You know, this group of kids who weren't popular, but they all had this like attitude, and yeah. So it like the soundtrack like emulated them. Totally. Yeah. In their in their made for movie way. Yeah. You know? I, and I love when you first meet her and her friends. Like they all meet at this like brick wall outside the school every morning to like just hang out and talk shit <laughs> yeah yeah i loved it so that's much. what they do yeah. yeah and uh megan is that her name megan alex yeah, megan ward alex yeah, alex just you know she wears these like big glasses and her, her hair like in front of her face most of the time oh, yeah. in the movie and you know she's just saying these like i don't know these super dour i never believed in heaven but i learned to believe in hell when mom sent me there. Yeah, she like met with the uh, the uh, the school counselor and she's like, she said, I'm sublimating. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. Seth Green is like, hey, that's what they told me. How did it go? She thinks I'm sublimating. The hell does that mean? It means she's screwed up. Fucked up, that's what they said I was. You are fucked up. Yeah, but only because I want to be. To her boyfriend... She's just like, and you know, we just keep driving. Let's get in the car and keep oh, driving, you know, that like line. that kind of stuff. I loved that. They kept yeah. bringing that back. We'll just keep driving. Uh-huh. It's such a fucking corny teenager thing, but man, it when is. you're that age and in love, fuck yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That's what you're feeling. Just take me away from all this. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that would have been perfect. If I would have, if I was going to, if I would have seen this in 93 or yeah. 94 and like, Alex was her, you know, their driving age, so they're 16, maybe 17. Yeah. It's just like, I would have been head over heels in love with this woman. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just saying these stupid things, you know, these like, uh, <laughs> she gets me, you know what I mean? Like, she just yeah. doesn't want to be part of this crap either. Yeah, you know? spe- and and especially how all the boys like treat her in this. You're like, no, like, she is awesome. You guys are assholes. Like, yeah, completely. <laughs> Yeah, because there's a lot of like, especially Peter Billingsley. He's like, he's he's supposed to be like the nerd that secretly loves her, 
but he but he like gaslights her and stuff he like tells her like she's paranoid and crazy yeah. for believing all this stuff okay so how did it know my name then <sighs> maybe you just imagined it you're always imagining things for christ's sake alex you're paranoid everything scares you <laughs> you're just like my father slow your roll man yeah Especially, you know, especially after they tried so hard to really create this angle that there was something there between them. I mean, he definitely, after a while, he definitely said he had feelings for her in in not so many words, whether it was, you know, I don't think it was reciprocated, but she definitely felt on another level with him. Because most of the movie is those two, you know, the boyfriend is there in the very beginning and he's a little cardboardy. But yeah. the love was there between the two, and then he disappears for the whole movie. So it's so yeah. it's Peter Billingsley gaslighting her into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, but then when her boyfriend comes back in the end, she just gets with him, and I was like, yes, I was yeah. like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give like one long look goodbye to one another, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it, man. She's, she's totally. Out. I mean, the the other like you could call this movie like give it a subtitle like uh, Nick gets friend zoned. Because it's like the longest <laughs> yeah. like friend zone situation. <laughs> yes, yeah, that could be the a name of the sequel uh, arcade yeah, yeah. game that they make. <laughs> friend zone. This was like a perfect introductory horror movie. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, a yeah. horror slash thriller. It wasn't you know it wasn't necessarily scary, and but there was like enough edge to it, like these teenagers like cursing. Totally. And, uh, you know, in this arcade game being pissed off and especially because it's, it's about an arcade game with virtual reality. Like that was huge back then. And for any young nerd. Oh yeah. Who would have just. Yeah. And you could totally like rent this under your parents' noses. Like your mom would just look at the cover and be like, yeah, I guess it's okay. You, mm-hmm. you can rent that. It would pass the mom, the smell test. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it would have been, per- it would have been a perfect, you know, uh, beginner movie for. Yeah to dip your toe into something because it was just like racy enough. It would have been something you would see on sci-fi or something, the sci-fi channel maybe. Or Why was Seth Green's character named Stilts, Dale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure yeah. out that nickname. If we could come up with the backstory for Stilts, we would definitely <laughs> know why. I mean, maybe if he had like, if he was on crutches or something. I don't know. He could have been two years before the, the movie, you know, like they were friends two years ago. Exactly. He was on crutches, or maybe he was he 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 was on stilts for he got stilts for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, or like he maybe he tried to take classes. Yeah, maybe he fell. Some. He did like a talent show in front of the whole school and fell off his stilts. And yeah, broke yeah, his yeah. arm. <laughs> and everyone called him stilts from then on. <laughs> Between this and 1993's Airborne, you know, one of my favorite <laughs> movies of the time period. Seth Green's hair was has like a mind of its own. I mean, it just it, the roots, the first three inches of his hair are like haystalks. They just stick <laughs> right out of his scalp, and then the rest of his red hair just flops around like these. He looked great. He looked this. great. He, he looked did amazing. That yeah, hair. I he was kind of. I was pretty envious of it. <laughs> he almost didn't look like Seth Green at times when he was all done up yeah. as like the River Sticks guy inside the game. Oh, yeah. He did not look like <laughs> Seth Green at all. Like the dark circles under his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his hair slicked back and his, like, he had black earrings in. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he always had those dark, uh, the circle 
uh, sunglasses on, like the John Lennon glasses. <laughs> yeah, frames. Man, that's total. That. That's like that's total Seth Green package deal right there. I mean, oh, he yeah. had those in Airborne. Totally of the day. I mean, that that's the other thing is like what's refreshing about like all the the fashion and style in this was like this is what this is what it really looked like. Like yeah, when they try and no recreate doubt. like the eighties and the nineties now in big movies, they're always just too in, like they're. They go too far and they yeah, make the, it insane. Yeah, it's too cheeky. Um, it's too, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a parody. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's, uh, I'm always like, this is not what it was like. Like, it yeah. wasn't that long ago, guys. Like, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember, I think it was near the end, maybe when they were all leaving the arcade at, at the end. But I mean, every single one of the friends had a flannel on. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. I was, and it was striking to me. I was like, oh, my God, yes, they awesome. all have a flannel on. <laughs> they all had flannel. All They all had baggy pants. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it, man. One or two sizes too big. That's, yeah. That's how you rolled. It's man. beautiful. It was. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about going into the game, getting, so the whole thing is this, you know, it's this game that's... um unlike any other game and it's like when they first see it it's like a big booth in this like oh wait hang on hang on dale i gotta go back go back dante's inferno that was the other thing about this movie yeah this arcade where these kids hung out after school i couldn't believe it i if i had access to a place like this when i was 16 15 16 i would have lost my mind yes how do you even describe this place oh my god I don't know. Sorry, Chuck. I had to stand up. I'm oh. sweating to death in my chair. Oh, no. <laughs> I just need to cool off. Um, dude, this place, I mean, first of all, I'm a little upset that it wasn't real. You could tell. Like, yeah. the, the, the uh, you know, the doorway was just backlit blue and they had two pinball machines in there to make it look like it was an arcade <laughs> and a lot of smoke. But A lot of smoke. <laughs> you can't tell me that that would have been the coolest place on the planet. Oh, my God. To be able to walk to right after school. Yeah. And it's just be a cool basement arcade. Uh, Holy crap. Like super dark lit, uh, fog were, machine going all the time. Yeah. Um, neon, Kids were allowed. Purple, like blue neon. The fucking owner of the place is like an angry man who will literally beat up a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to prevent bullying... Oh, yeah. no, it was for you a know. good cause. Yeah. A child bully he was going to beat up. A child bully. It was a big, it was a man-sized child bully. Um, so. I mean, it was like the that. last, I don't know. It was like, you think of uh, like Ferris Bueller and that was what, yeah. 86, 80. Yeah, you know. 87-ish. Yeah. So, you know, there was the arcade hangout in that, you know, was this the last movie where they hung out in an arcade? You know, Terminator <sighs> 2 was before this. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was like the last heyday of arcades because this is like when, you know, this is like Mortal Kombat Street Fighter. Like those, the fighting games were like the last like hurrah for arcades in America. And then, you know, I guess late 90s things started to fizzle down probably. Yeah. Some, you know, Uh, the good, the good ones hung on until the late 90s, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, this, I mean, this was just, it was the coolest place in the world. (sighs) I know. I loved and, it so much. You know, there's nothing like that. 
I, you know, yeah. what am I saying? I'm 40. I don't know if there's <laughs> anything like that. If if people, if kids can go after school anywhere, I'm assuming not because because there's, it's not the heyday anymore. Yeah, I mean, but so much is, I mean, gaming is all online now, so it's like, yeah, there's no need to like gather unless you're going to like a convention or something, I guess. But arcade, the video game, only uh-huh. cost a quarter. Yeah, that was a little suspect. That that would have been total. That would have been a seventy-five cent to a dollar game right there. I tell you, that a dollar much. game easy. They yeah. would have had, a, you know, a dollar machine like a dollar slot for this thing. <laughs> yes, for the high rollers. Yeah. <laughs> the company is Vertigo. What is it? Vertigo Tronics. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. creator of this game, Arcade. Love that name. Beautiful. And there's like a rapper there from the company. And they're, it's like this special thing where they're like giving these kids a preview. It's like a marketing preview. Um, and they all get home kits even after they try the arcade unit, which I was like, excuse me, you guys have home versions of this game? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, you know, and they just, they're like, you can take these as long as you fill out this little marketing form. <laughs> yeah. But I loved that. I loved it because, I mean, that was like a thing back then too. It was like, urban legends about arcade games you know that you heard existed or you know because it was like you didn't just like log on to steam and get a game it was like a physical machine that you you know you had to be lucky that the pizza place in your town got it or whatever Mm -hmm. and i love the idea like they got these flyers uh show you know like luring kids in to check out this new game (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's like god this is this is so dope oh I want to go back. <laughs> especially if you think I about the especially if you think about like these Southern California, you know, what the you know these oh, yeah. uh, the Bay Area arcades, that would be your best chance of getting like a prototype arcade machine yeah. in a local arcade just to try it out for oh, yeah. you know vertical tr- Vertigotronics, their one this is like all the cards on the table. This is their one chance at making or breaking the business, you know. This yeah. arcade is their chance to make it or they go under, you know, they don't have, they're not like Capcom or. <laughs> so, you know, this is a virtual reality game. So there's this sweet goggles you put on and you and these awesome uh, gloves with like wires sticking out of them that like supposed to give you the sensation of actually touching and holding things. And then we, we get into the VR and I mean, you know, it's what I expected for 93. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, s on it you know of course it looks stupid and dumb to her eyes but yeah i'm you know if you remember that cartoon reboot that was like that it was that saturday morning cartoon that was computer generated Mm -hmm. you know probably like a few years after this i was obsessed with that show and it's the same feeling i got from this Mm -hmm. um back then i thought it was i was blown away by it completely blown away Mm-hmm. But if you like look it up on YouTube, I'm like, oh boy, like it does <laughs> yeah. not age well, you know, which is what's happening with this, the effects in this game, but right. or in this movie. But, but I was like, you know, I was prepared for it. I was, was like, I know what's coming. I know it's yeah. going to look ridiculous, but I, I loved it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally. It's all green screen <laughs> and oh, it looks boy. like they even switched a video from film. So it, the frame rate is different and it's, which I was like. That's a interesting choice. I I have a feeling that it was like the green screen technology they used was reliant on video, so they probably it was probably oh. cheaper just to shoot those scenes on video and not convert them over to film. When you look at it, if you think about the time period, and you think about if you're you know if you're 
on a boardwalk, which I would have been, you know, in in yeah. on the Jersey Shore in Wildwood, or you know, if you're at a car show or some exhibition where they have, you know, they had these like virtual reality things on site where you would like step into the ring and they would put the goggle. Like that's the graphics that we were looking at on this. Yeah in this movie all the same so back then it would have been just like whoa this is this is exactly where i want to be i want to be in in this you know it 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 was up to date tech techno technology wise for sure yeah no yeah i think i think it looked yeah i mean i don't know how they did it i mean they probably just hired a company to animate a bunch of scenes Mm -hmm. they could put in uh you know superimpose their their characters in <laughs> and like when you get sucked into the games that like they all had this like you know like skin tight black suit with a this stupid looking helmet that looked like it didn't it was not comfortable at all like no. it d- didn't fit anyone's head very well i mean well. <laughs> it just literally it literally covered up with their nose and their mouth so you could see their <laughs> yeah. eyes but so what was the what was the justification where you <laughs> so couldn't even weird. they couldn't even voice act they couldn't act with their mouths they couldn't yeah. act you know it was just you see their dead eyes and their like it's all ADR'd after the fact, so they're just like oh, yeah. you might see like some chin movement if somebody's speaking <laughs> on the film, but the but it doesn't match up to what they're saying. So the game's the the movie's villain is Arcade himself, so he's like the game you're playing against. Hello, Alex. What? I saw you watching me. I heard you are mine. It wants to play just like your boyfriend did. Where's Greg? In here, he lost the game, and I won his soul. Let's see if you will be more of a challenge. Join us. He's sort of like a, like he looks like a transformer, like a floating transformer head with like spikes and stuff. And he's got like a glowing, I feel like he has glowing orbs inside you can see. Um, And he's got like, he's, I think they gave him, I read this in somebody else's, probably a listener's review of sort of, he had a sort of a Freddy Krueger personality because he kept he did. calling Alex bitch, you know, which, yeah. you know, was very uh, Freddy Krueger-esque of him. <laughs> yeah. Which they were just like, you know, what do we need to do? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There's, there's a female protagonist. We got to call yeah, her bitch. Of course. That's like idea one on the arcade whiteboard. <laughs> you know. That's what we should, ah, oh, that's what I want to talk about. So I probably talked about this on another episode, but that's how Charles Band makes movies. When you see, when the credits open, it says, based on a, an idea by Charles Band and then written by David Goyer. Oh, so gosh. this is what he would do is he would, Charles Band would come up with an idea and probably make a poster. And then he would go out and sell the movie to distributors and stuff, even before it was made, raise the money. They would hire a writer and a director and be like, okay, you got to make a movie with this title, uh, with th- these images, <laughs> oh, uh, go ahead and do it. <laughs> and, you know, I can't help but think, you know, this is, it was the same, uh, you know, oh, uh, gosh. Uh, method for making this movie. Yeah. But God, I mean, you give it to Albert Albert Pune, you're gonna get some gold. Tell you what, yeah, he's gonna make, he's gonna take your dumb ideas <laughs> and turn it into gold. Yeah, this is another thing I love that they put in here. Nick and Alex, they get the idea. They're like, all right, well, we have to play this game to beat him. Like that's the only way we can fix this problem. 
Um, but hey, let's go to the company that made the game and see if they have any hot tips for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is perfect. That, Cause yeah. that's what you would do back then. You know, you would go to the, go to Walden books and get your, uh, you know, NES guide tips and tricks to yeah. beating, you know, Super Mario 2. You're always on the cusp of like calling that hotline and prepare oh, yeah, to spend line. money to find out. I wonder what you would get on the other end of that. If anybody out there has ever called one of those numbers. Oh, man. Um, could you call and talk to a person and say, you know, how do I beat Bowser episode, you know, World 3-3? Like, what did I they talk to? Was. I think it was people. I think they were like sitting there like a, you know, like a call center answering God. calls from kids. There was no way. <laughs> There's no way. I don't know. What else would it be? Yeah, really. I mean, that's that's what I would think. Like, would you just call and get like a dumb recording that's just like charging your phone? Oh, you know, yeah. like uh, don't forget to you know, and they and they just rattle <laughs> off like generic tips that don't help you specifically in your. Oh, that would issue. be so disappointing if that's and the, what that the was. number would always be in the back of the the game instruction manual. I know. I mean, presumably Nintendo was you know paying for at least for their games, you know paying for uh yeah people to sit at these phones my god they end up going to the uh the game makers building um and they they get access to the head programmer who's this sort of like eccentric programmer guy in a lab coat (laughs) yeah who gives off any tips or tricks (laughs) who gives off the evilest vibes like you just assume he's just there to legit collect souls of kids yeah that's the vibe he was he uh yeah i don't know he just made the game one of the things they find out is that they they harvested brain cells from a child a dead child oh and put them in this game (laughs) yeah (laughs) to start like arcades brain yeah with it which i feel like they could have made a bigger deal out out of um that was kind of a shocking reveal maybe they didn't have the budget to shoot any uh any cool effect shot of them putting I mean, brains into a computer <laughs> especially if chuck if you want to go down that rabbit hole yeah arcade is based on a, a child that was killed but he was like abused by his dad and oh, there's yeah. never any like there's never any repentance or you know he's yeah. just arcade's just an evil bastard he's just evil the yeah. whole time yeah and it's like well i know i feel like they're they're yeah there definitely was a chance there to make something else out of arcade's character Seemingly, this was the key. So they they got some knowledge, um, and this is what they you know Alex and Nick they they're like all right. So they instead of using the home versions, they go back to Dante's Inferno, I guess after hours, and they uh, go to the main arcade unit and um, boot up. This was another funny thing. They I don't think they built this as a two player machine this prop, but they just kind of pretended it was two players <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden there's two at once hand yeah. in hand i was like good job albert just shoot it so it i know kind of looks like there's two right. whatever <laughs> yeah the whole and this whole sequence i mean it stumbled between taking way too long but the levels yeah. not taking long enough. I mean, the levels yeah. on each one of these uh, arcades levels were like 40 seconds long or something. There was a countdown timer yeah, or the yeah, soul yeah. stealer was going to come and kill you in real life. The but screamer. The scream. Yeah, the screamer. There. You've only got so much time to find them. If you're too late, 
the screamer comes. Right. How do you stop the screamer? Oh, you can't. You can only escape. If he gets you, you're dead. It's like um, time catching up with you, you know? Fate. Uh, the screamer's coming. But there was <laughs> a lot that. to this whole last... I mean, the whole second half to last third of the movie is spent in this world. I mean, there's yeah, there's just a taste of it in the beginning compared to what, what they show you at the end. I mean, it is full-on beastie. Yeah, I think it's like the last 30 minutes are in in game yeah. when you're going through the, the all seven levels. I was like, wow. I was yeah. like, okay, we're doing this. Like I yeah. looked at the time of the movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And good on I, them. Yeah. I mean, they're taking you through this fully thought out, you know, when I use that loosely video yeah. game adventure totally. and it's never quite horrific and it's the game never quite makes sense, but it's still <laughs> no. good. It's <laughs> yes. like, I would have never questioned it if I was younger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, they, and it was cool. It was like a mix of their, you know, early CGI, but sometimes it would just look, you know, they would just go shoot in like a, (laughs) a dump. Yeah. Wasteland sort of place. Yeah. Like a sand pit. (laughs) Somewhere, somewhere in Southern California. I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) And I love that. That one was my favorite because I think it was one of their friends was like in like a, like a glowing red sort of sand pit. And he was like, help me, help me. But she doesn't get to him in time. And he just drowns, I guess. Just drowns. Yeah. <laughs> just gets sucked under and that's, and there's like blood and water like spurts up in her face yeah. and like spears her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, she's, her face is covered in blood through the visor. I was like, God damn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like brutal as hell. Yeah. And she ends up jumping in there too, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we get, and then there's another level where we, Rayanne and Seth Green, who both had presumably been sucked into the game, they're now like, uh, what do you call that? It's like the River Sticks. You know, they're like these boat, um, boatmen. Yeah, boat one people. lies and one tells the truth, and it's like yeah. a riddle. Yeah, it's like the riddle stage. So she has to like figure out who the liar is and who's yeah. telling the truth and blah 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 to get to the go to the correct city you know to get to the next level yeah that, that was pretty i was I actually like that uh, um i like that it wasn't all just like like the first level which we saw like five times was like skateboarding through this maze um right of, of like gauntlet things in a hallway <laughs> and i was like please i hope it's not this the whole time <laughs> yeah which thank goodness because you know that first level was very i mean we saw the same hallway oh yeah the yeah. whole game you know it wasn't it was it was a short level and they just kept showing us the same scenes over and over again yeah i was impressed that there was one shot where peter billingsley like pretended to duck and he yeah. ducked under a thing yeah I was like, that was oh, the oh, only oh. shot they did yeah yeah that was like the one like shot i was like oh wow yeah <laughs> it's impressive he tried <laughs> peter billingsley looked like i mean this was his puberty stage like he was going through or just yeah. coming out of it and he looks completely different in this movie. He looks, you know, as an older actor now, he looks more like he does as a child than this yeah. teen stage. This was like awkward teen Peter Billingsley. Like super awkward. Like yeah. I could, and what was his character? Like I could not figure out what they were going for. Like, yeah. cause he was like kind of a nerd, but like every scene, every, you know, whenever he's hanging out with his friends, he's wearing those sunglasses. And I was like, and they just looked odd. Like they didn't uh-huh. go with the rest of his character. Yeah. And I was like, what? Is, like, are they, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell either. Yeah. 
Like I was thinking maybe it was like, what, is it Anthony and Michael Hall? Is it in Breakfast Club? Anthony and Michael Hall wears sunglasses. Like, are they going for that? Like that weird look when he gets high and he puts on mm-hmm. the sunglasses. I don't know. But yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. I liked it though. I thought it was a funny image of him wearing those glasses because it looked so off. Yeah. You know, he was so cocky because he was good at video games. <laughs> yeah. Like his cockiness <laughs> level is off the charts because why? Because he's good at video games. Yeah. Like, I this wanted is, him to lose so badly. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> he could be as cocky as he wanted to be in front of this game rep. But, like, yeah. you'd be that cocky in the real world because you're, you're good at video games. Oh, yeah. You're going to get punched in the stomach by that big dude. Oh, big, totally. That big yeah. dude don't care. Mm-mm. Yeah. And when it came to Alex, who he had a crush on, he couldn't muster up anything. Yeah. Video games wasn't landing him in bed. Nope. Yeah. So, it ends with Alex, you know... it. They do like a little thing where you think Alex is dead in the game, but she had a, she had a free life. They kept calling it. <laughs> it was like, it turned out it was like a physical yeah. prop they made that just looked like a bunch of like wires sticking out of a yeah. thing. I don't know. It was so I don't even weird. know what it was. <laughs> it was like a distributor cap for a car. I don't know what yeah. the heck that thing was. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they pulled it out of it under a hood of a car <laughs> and she threw it at her arcade's virtual head and he, He's like, no, you beat me. You know, <laughs> she won the game. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she she wakes up and all her friends are back. You know, she rescued everyone. It was a great ending. And then she won uh, the game. Yeah. And, uh, but she's like, you know, and she get, she kisses her boyfriend, you know, he's back and she's like, wait, if we got out of the game, does that mean Arcade did? And they're all, again, the gaslighting starts immediately. They're like, nah, you're crazy, man. That, you know, they wouldn't, that's not happening. Yeah. Cut to her getting home for the night and um uh Arcade in his little boy form is standing on her uh her front steps. I know. <laughs> little murderous arcade boy. Yeah. And he his voice is all sweet, but then it changes to the evil voice and calls her the B word again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to tell this kid to mouth the word B. I know. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't match up at all. It's yeah. so good. Uh, this would have definitely aired right after William Shatner's tech no, tech war made for TV movie. <laughs> yes. And like after that and before Hercules, the legendary journeys movies oh, man. before the Like this was prime for that. And God, and even the, the Tubi version on this was, it looked like it was a VHS rip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was not mad at that. Usually I'm kind of bummed when it's that low quality, but I was like, you know what? This looks like, I picked it up at the video store and brought it mm-hmm. home because it was even in like TV four by three, which is probably what it was released at anyway. They, yeah. You know, there's probably no widescreen version of the movie. Like uh, good. Yeah. Good on the crew for making this. It was, it was fun. I mean, and for 1993, it looked like it was made in 93. It felt like it was made in 93. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like a, a, a cross section of, of time. That we will always be able to hold on to. Yeah, it, it was it was great. It, it, you know, I mean, it's not whatever. My threshold for movies is so uh, different than your average bear, but the, I, I had a surprisingly uh, mm-hmm. fun time watching this. I was so, especially if you're like, if you're our age, if you're like of our age or around there, and you grew up in like the '90s, and you remember, it, like, yeah, it it just had like all the teenage stuff just has this vibe that I was just enthralled i was like yeah bring me back there Mm -hmm. love it 
Dale. Dale. Sorry, I just read this little tidbit about the movie. That they were, looks like the Walt Disney Company may have threatened to sue them because the sky cycles uh, resembled the light cycles from Tron. And apparently they had to change a bunch of the CGI. Oh, no. So, um, interesting. Like it says here that Full Moon Classics DVD release of the film contains no footage of the released film CGI, but only of the original film's version. I don't understand that sentence, but. So I wonder if there's like uh, different versions of this with different CGI. That's interesting. I wonder which one we saw. Yeah. Because we saw the sky cycle, unless they change, unless we, you know, they changed it, but it it didn't look very Tron esque. So maybe we saw the changed one. Wow. I wonder how much they had to change and or just reshoot. Yeah. You know, wow. Um, we had fun. We had fun, I think. Yeah. It definitely scratched my itch for, uh, early 90s, uh, going sucked into an evil video game. There's just something about, this genre of movies that I'm enamored with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it rarely lives up to it. But for some reason, this, it just was an odd vibe that I really connected with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's a low budget full moon movie. So keep that in mind, you know? Right. I mean, come you're on. listening to bat and spider. I shouldn't have <laughs> yes. to say this. Exactly. <laughs> like we got to see the, uh, we got to see the brightness and everything. So, give us that. (laughs) You apes. You apes. All right. Uh, Melissa, she she said we should call ourselves Schlocksperts. Oh. She came up with that today. That's a pretty good name, Schlocksbert. That's good. Yeah. We got to work it in naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until we get our asses kicked by a real Schlocksbert. You know, yeah, I know. I know. I'm I'm loath to call myself an expert in anything. So yeah, really. Know. You'll never find me. <laughs> Except if it's like about Centralia, Pennsylvania, or Vietnam. <laughs> you know. Other than that, forget it. Unless you're in like a unless you're at like a Vietnam convention, then. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I could, you're yeah. back to baby mode. I don't know anything. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm just here to learn. You guys are the experts. <laughs> Oh my God. I would forget everything. I would, yeah, it would all be, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, dude. As soon as like the, you see the first grizzled old man with missing an eye. Yeah. You know, wearing his green beret or something. You know. <sighs> Hello, sir. Were you in the shit? Yeah. I, uh, early in my goings on, early in my, uh, my Vietnam dabbling, I found this uh-huh. like, uh, it was like an internet um radio stream of uh like it's it was called Vietnam Vet Radio and there was just like this guy streaming on his website like and he was playing like doo-wop songs wow. and stuff that you would hear in Vietnam. Yeah. So I like I left a comment on their Facebook page and uh like I called it the conflict in Vietnam instead of the con- instead of the Vietnam War and he was uh-huh. just like I mean he basically like dress me up and down on the air i, I was like listening to the segment oh he's like oh yeah we would have definitely uh it was definitely the vietnam war <laughs> so oh like, my yeah, god dude. oh god yeah wow 
learn, you know, learn uh, that'll learn me to try to take the diplomatic route to these yeah. soldiers who were there. Oh my god, Dale, that's a, oh yeah. God. I was like, I just want to thank you for your, you know, the what what went on over in you know in the conflict in Vietnam. And he's like, well, it was definitely the Vietnam War. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm never writing again. Forget it. Like, <laughs> Uh, I hope I hope after uh, we do 500 episodes of this, we can bring some of the, that guy's energy into Ben <laughs> No, right? Right. Yeah. And like we Dressing could be confident listeners. enough in ourselves to, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> whatever where the hell we're doing here is nothing. <laughs> oh. All right, Dale. Uh, listener feedback is a thing that we do on the show. Do we have any? We do. Um, please, folks out there, send us your letters at batandspiderpod at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail through our Bat and Spider hotline, 315-544-0966. Let's see what we got this week. Co-host of the Dune Pod, Hello. Chuck, which you might be familiar with. Matt HH, he sent a voicemail, but he prefaced the voicemail with, Hey, boyos, I wanted to send you this VM on the very special occasion of your one-year anniversary. Here's to 111 more. (laughs) The the VM is a little over the time limit, but I think you'll agree that it's worth it. (laughs) No peeking until you are live on the era. I love you guys. So that means bratch in for another abrasive... No, I'm not ju- going to jump to conclusions. Here we go. Or it's, Matt's going to do a voice. Here we go. Yeah. Hello, Bat and Spider, Chuck, Dale. It's H. On the anniversary, 52 episodes, one year celebration, I just wanted to say thank you so much for so many incredible episodes of Bat and Spider. Uh, it is been religiously uh, something for me to enjoy through this pandemic and 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 all the time. It's just a great show, and and you guys, your friendship uh, going back. I think Doctor Giggles uh, episode when you had like a twenty minute diversion on getting into skateboards. That was when I just realized this was something really amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. And um, while I was out uh, by the lake, I ran into a friend. And he wanted to send his congratulations as well. So I'll turn it over to him. Chuck and Dale, congratulations, guys, on your one-year anniversary at Bat and Spider. Who's the bat and who's the spider? I'm guessing Chuck is the bat and Dale is the spider. I know that's not it, although I could be wrong. Anyway, Chuck and Dale reminds me of Tucker and Dale in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, excellent flick, which I hope you've done on your show. It's actually an example I use when people say, you know, whatever happened to the great exploitation films of the past? You know, well, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is 2011. Um, not that recent, but let me think of a more. Last year we had VFW. I thought that was a pretty classic exploitation flick. Came out in 2020. Anyhow, I digress, as usual. I've been talking to Matt, who says your friendship and taste is an inspiration to him. And you know what's an inspiration to me is that you guys have done 51 episodes in one year. And what happened? 
What, what's where's that other week? Did you take off Halloween week, you <laughs> slackers? Because <laughs> but we cannot have enough horror hosting, horror criticism, genre study, exploitation. The world needs more curators because otherwise the giant media companies control what we watch and consume, and nobody wants that. Um, I know they scored with Godzilla versus Kong, but that only happens once a year. My point is, thanks, guys, for adding to the world's knowledge about cheap, time-wasting movies. Uh, they're not doing that at Harvard. Somebody's got to do it. And um, I see you're honoring my old friend Andy Sedaris this week. I, I really miss Andy. So um, I'll be checking up on what you do in the future. And always remember, the drive-in will never die. Oh my God, Dale! I'm I'm catatonic. Oh my God! I feel like poop is gonna start pouring out of my butt right now. I've today is the day. Oh my God! Of all days, I decide to just try this new deodorant and not the antiperspirant. <laughs> oh, it's got no. Uh, it's got no aluminum in it. It's got no aluminum in it. I tell you what, you're gonna be smelling immediately i'm <laughs> like if you're not already I've, I've been down that road before <laughs> if joe bob were to hear that i did like i just tried this this gentle deodorant and rather than just the real deal antiperspirant yeah. he would probably have the biggest cow right now i can't believe <sighs> it took i i i'm embar- it took me longer than i sh- than it sh- should have to realize who it was uh but then it hit me and i Oh my god! I mean, you saw my my mouth was open the whole time, Matt. Yeah. You you maniac! You son of a bitch! You effing maniac! Thank you so much! Wow! Holy! I don't even poop. know. What, I don't even know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like wow! Oh, uh, Dale. That's insane. My back is sweating. It's soaked right now. <laughs> and these stupid headphones that 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 suffocate oh, my they ears. Bottle the heat in. They do. My God. It's like wearing earmuffs. Oh my God. I don't know. Hate you. Okay. We are joking about we don't have a good way to end the show, and now I really don't know how to end the show. <laughs> God. That Ugh. Joe Bob, wow, holy S and F and Wow, that's amazing. Jeez. Thank you so much, Matt. <laughs> Matt, that was incredible. <laughs> that was like a huge surprise. Like I had no idea what was happening. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't know. Speechless. He did like a whole monologue for us. He did. I felt like I was watching the last drive in. He was just going off. Couldn't the, believe it. The that's amazing. He even threw in some recommendations. I know. I talked about, did I talk about VFW? And I know we, I watched it. I don't I think know we, if I talked about it. Uh, Yeah, no, I think you talked about it on the air. Yeah. I might have edited it. I do want to see that. Honest. Oh, you might have cut it. Yeah. Yeah, I need to see that. I'm always scared to watch newer movies. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to watch. Holy guacamole. Wow. Ugh. Um. <laughs> wow, Chuck. To an, I mean, to another year. I know. Now, now it's like like I felt like um, 
that getting that on uh, uh, our 52 week anniversary, uh, it just it it makes me want to keep going even more. I know than I already did. That was amazing. We're not even we're not even done the show, and I'm uh, sending H uh, a Discord message, cussing him out right now. <laughs> um, so, anyway, right. um, was, we have that's we the end of the voicemail list- segment, Chuck. Yes. Should we tell listeners about our, uh, we have some scheduling stuff, so we're going to double up uh, recording this week because um, uh, there's some traveling happening within mm-hmm. the Bat and Spider family. Um, so next week we're going to, what Dale, what are we watching next week? So yes, uh, I'll be on assignment next week, so I'm not going to be able to record a full show. So we're going to record an extra show this week and we're going to put it out next week. And with that show, we are going to be watching New to Shudder, Curse of the Cat People, which yes. is going to be our first sequel here on Bat, Bat and Spider, a uh, sequel to Val Luton's Cat People Yeah, from not 1942 or 1943. Curse of the Cat People is from 44, Robert Wise co-directing. Wow. Director of Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's the only the I know, only so Robert I, Wise movie I, I only remember for some reason. <laughs> I mean, he's done other things, but in his pantheon, so it's, many things. it's Star yeah. Trek, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty profound since this was from 44. Star, Star Trek was what, 79? Yeah, yeah. Something in the like biz uh, for the long haul. Yeah. He was. King. Yeah, this is a cool pick, Dale. I'm uh, excited to do our first sequel uh, episode. Yeah. Um, that'll be cool. So uh, yeah, and like you said, it's on Shutter. So or you can you know rent it wherever on all the uh, movie platform streaming sites if you need to rent it. So next week's episode is going to be a movie review episode, but we're not going to do a letter segment or anything like that. We're just going to kind of do a quick little episode just for to get something out there, as well as our Tales from the Crypt episode as well. We're going to be doing um, just to stay on track and stay on sketch. Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah. then I can uh, be on assignment. Uh, worry-free yeah there'll be no interruption in uh the uh regular schedule for you folks um it'll just be a shorter episode but yeah you'll still get to listen to us like nothing happened yes so all right dale guys happy anniversary to all of us yeah happy anniversary yeah you you listeners it's not our show it's your show so happy anniversary to you in your ears, in your headphones, and your speakers. Thank you so much for listening to us for a whole year. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, one of the biggest reasons I think we've, we've survived a whole year. Yeah. It's the only reason I get up out of bed. Yeah, that's the only reason I put any deodorant on at all, whether it has antiperspirant or not.
Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.